February 18th was Thumb Appreciation Day for humans, but what if cats and dogs had opposable thumbs? Would we appreciate them then? This is Every Day's a Holiday. Good morning, happy Wednesday, March 3rd, and welcome to Every Day's a Holiday, a daily podcast calendar giving you a reason to celebrate every day of the year. Today's holiday is What If Cats and Dogs Had Opposable Thumbs Day. Imagine a world where our favorite furry companions had opposable thumbs. Thumbs that allowed them to open their own tins of food, easily steal your possessions, and generally get into more mischief than they already do. What kind of world would that be? Tom and Ruth Roy, you've done it again, bringing us another wonderfully wacky holiday celebration from WellCat.com. Tom says that he came up with the idea for the holiday after having cats and dogs in the house for 45 years. And what a beautiful thought experiment. What if cats and dogs had opposable thumbs? Well, for one thing, if they did, humans might not be the dominant race on Earth. The world could end up in an everlasting conflict between two warring nations of hyper-intelligent cats versus hyper-intelligent dogs, and we mere humans would be subservient to both races. But that's just my theory, which is probably a bit more extreme than most. More likely, they'd probably just use their thumbs to open doors and get into places that we usually don't want them to be. For example, I know for a fact that our cat Da Vinci, who's sitting right here with me, would open the fridge and climb inside looking for food. Or the bathroom so she can hop into the bathtub and lick the faucet. She's such a little weirdo. And our dog Molly would probably just use those thumbs to close herself into her crate to protect herself from Da Vinci. What would your pets do if they had opposable thumbs? Today, I encourage you to consider this and other what-if scenarios that would turn your life upside down. Post your own theories on social media with the hashtag WhatIfCatsAndDogsHadThumbs. Happy pondering! Now, let's take a look back through the years to see what happened on this day in history. On this day, 108 years ago, over 8,000 women gathered to demand a constitutional amendment guaranteeing women the right to vote. Women had already been fighting hard for suffrage for over 60 years, but the women's suffrage procession in Washington, D.C. marked the first major national event for the movement. A huge parade was orchestrated and spearheaded by Alice Paul and Lucy Burns, the newly appointed chairs of the National American Women's Suffrage Association's Congressional Committee. And on March 3, 1913, the day before Woodrow Wilson's presidential inauguration, thousands of women marched along Pennsylvania Avenue. Riding atop a white horse, lawyer and activist Inez Milholland led over 5,000 suffragettes up Pennsylvania Avenue along with over 20 parade floats, nine bands, and four mounted brigades. Behind Inez in the procession was the first of over 20 floats. This float displayed a banner with the slogan that became known as The Great Demand. We demand an amendment to the Constitution of the United States enfranchising the women of this country. In the 35 years since such an amendment was first proposed, it had only come up for a vote in Congress once and had failed. Alice Paul and Lucy Burns, however, were determined to bring new energy to the campaign for women's suffrage and to continue pushing for passage of the amendment. And six years later, on June 4, 1919, Congress passed the 19th Amendment, granting women the right to vote. Almost a hundred years later, in his proclamation for Women's History Month in 2016, President Barack Obama had said, 
For too long, women were formally excluded from full participation in our society and our democracy. Because of the courage of so many bold women who dared to transcend preconceived expectations and prove they were capable of doing all that a man could do and more, advances were made, discoveries were revealed, barriers were broken, and progress triumphed. Apologies for my terrible Barack Obama impression, but congratulations to the women's suffrage movement for this landmark event in women's history. Now, it's time to commemorate the births of famous or infamous individuals in our next segment, Life and Legacy. Today is the 174th anniversary of the birth of Alexander Graham Bell. Alex here was born on March 3, 1847, in Edinburgh, Scotland, and grew up to invent the telephone when he was 29 years old. I'll talk more about that in just a couple of days, so stay tuned. Today is also the 24th birthday of American Cuban singer-songwriter Camila Cabello. Apparently, a lot of people have trouble pronouncing her name properly, and I wanted to do it justice. So, it's Camila Cabello, not Camila Cabello or Camila Cabello, Camila Cabello. And just to make this more challenging for myself, I saw her full name and thought, oh no, I'm too white for this. But I gotta try, so here we go. Carla Camila Cabello Strabao was born on March 3rd, 1997, in Havana, Cuba, to, oh gosh, Sinyuhe Strabao and Alejandro Cabello. Okay, I think I got it. Regarding her full name, Camila said in an interview in 2017, Carla is my first name. Camila is my middle name. Long story short, my family always called me Camila. Camila is kind of this performer in me. And Carla is who I still am in my essence, and who I was growing up. Really awkward around boys, doesn't know what the heck to say, is shy and introverted, doesn't really like going out because she just likes to be in her fantasy movie world, and that's really me. Camila got her start in the music industry when she auditioned for The X Factor in 2012 at just 15 years old and became a member of the pop R&B group Fifth Harmony. She left 5H in 2016 to pursue a solo career and has done pretty well for herself, having released two studio albums that both feature songs that have hit the Billboard Hot 100. When searching for fun facts about Camila, the thing that came up on several websites was her position on the pineapple on pizza debate. She's into it, and Hawaiian style is apparently her favorite type of pizza. She's also a huge Harry Potter fan. As mentioned in her own words above, Camila is an introvert at her core, Camila is an introvert at her core and is known to be very fond of reading books, especially the Harry Potter series. A few years ago, she dressed up as Harry Potter for Halloween, complete with robes, Gryffindor tie, and a broomstick. Happy birthday, Camila Cabello. This white boy enjoys your music and your nerdiness. Have a good 24th. Lastly, let's find out what listeners like you are celebrating today in our final segment, Listener Celebrations. Today, Grace is celebrating her daughter's 23rd birthday. Uh-oh, you know what happens when they turn 23. That's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're 23. And Jill is celebrating her mom's 72nd birthday. If the greeting card industry has taught me anything, it's that at 72, you're not growing old. You're just increasing in value. Jill, I hope you have a fantastic day celebrating your mama. Thank you so much for sharing your celebrations with us. If you'd like me to share your celebration on the show, please contact me via Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at Everydays a Holiday Pod, or send an email to Everydays a Holiday Pod at gmail.com. 
Just tell me what you're celebrating and when you're celebrating it so we can all celebrate you together. Thank you for joining me for What If Cats and Dogs Had Opposable Thumbs Day and the rest of today's celebrations. Special thanks to AJ Curtin for composing the music for Every Day's a Holiday. Please rate and review Every Day's a Holiday on Apple or Google Podcasts to let me know what you think of the show, or just pass it along to a friend. And tune in tomorrow morning to see what there is to celebrate on March 4th. Enjoy today, and catch you tomorrow.